Action takers understand it's better to find what to do than to find out through trial and error. Action takers never compare their chapter one to another action takers chapter 20. Action takers cheer on the success of others. Action takers get into states of flow faster and more often. What is up? Welcome to hashtag raw dating advice. This is episode six of the podcast, bro. Welcome to episode six, the official podcast version. Now, if you've been around for raw dating on raw dating advice for a while, especially if you're on the email list, you already know that like, I mean, the, these videos, we've been pumping them out for, for years uh, at this point. And we have now finally made the jump to making this not just a YouTube channel, but now it's an official show, which is uh, kind of you know, humbling and it feels great. I, I kind of like realized, wow, this thing that I just randomly started in 2015 turned into a, an actual show to where now we're on literally every uh, podcast platform, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, wherever podcasts are hosted, Spotify, Apple, we're everywhere. So um, now it's more levels. What is that? We're, what, what's the right word for this? We're going into more verticals than just YouTube, which is kind of cool. We kind of evolved to it. So yes, we now are officially a podcast. And if you want to uh, also follow us on the podcast version of Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts, you can now do that. You can now get more uh, of what you love on raw dating advice in more different places. It's like a bukkake of value from hashtag raw dating advice only for you though. So in episode six, we are going to go into the five character traits women subconsciously chase, and this is not what you think, I promise you that. Now, before we hit record, I asked Chris, when you hear the term character trait, you know, what do you think? And what did you say, Chris? Uh, it just went, like my mind would just appearance appearance uh, and we kind of talked about like that's kind of weird when you think about someone's character or their character trait you think about their appearance and um, what we're actually talking about here is actually gonna go deeper than that right this is not something that you wear but it's more literally how you portray yourself to the world and what we're gonna talk about here uh, are women are character traits that women notice and kind of look for on a subconscious level and I say it's subconscious because whether you know it or not you are giving off a signal already to the world around you, to the women around you, to your coworkers, to the people that um, happen to walk past you in the grocery store. You're always giving off this energy, this vibe, right? And, and some people have somewhat of a magnetic energy, a magnetic vibe to where just the way they carry themselves, the way they speak, the way they walk through the world, the way the decisions they make, the way they process things. Well, those culminate into their character and what we kind of what you what you might have heard these referred to as in the past is an honest signal an honest signal is something that you literally can't fake even if you wanted to it's kind of like a micro expression on your face you know it's hard to fake these this is why um sometimes you know those criminal investigators will study tapes of you know, whoever they're interrogating, just talking and breaking down every little twitch uh, on their face or every expression they make, those are all micro expressions and they are hard to fake. So that would be considered like a nonverbal, honest signal. And that's what we're gonna talk about here are the honest signals within your character, the way you move through the world, carry yourself, and even process information and how you react from there or how you go from there. And, and just think about how this 
especially applies not only into every area of your life, right? But especially in your interactions with women, did you market yourself in the best way? Did you give off the best impression? Did you do everything you possibly could to uh, attract her in the, in the ways that are natural for you and your personality? Or were you kind of just doing things the wrong way? Maybe, maybe you had the wrong strategy for success. Well, that's a lot of what we're going to talk about in this video. Um, and in this podcast, uh, but I actually sent out an email that was kind of uh, reminiscent of the things that we're going to be talking about in, in, in this podcast. Literally, I think it was like January 1st of this year to the email list. And the guys on the email list, I've actually never gotten so many positive responses so fast from so many guys who read that email. Just the way it spoke to people directly, um, it, it really resonated with people. And so I say that to let you know that on this podcast, we're going to go even deeper. So the first character trait that women subconsciously chase in a man is resilience, all right? Resilient is that first trait, being resilient. This is something that women constantly notice in a man and kind of just how he responds to situations. And so when I look up the, the term resilient, the word resilient in the dictionary, it says it's an adjective, all right? And it means able to withstand or recover quickly from difficult conditions. Now, notice resilience is not a verb. It's not a noun. It's an adjective. It's a way to describe someone. It is a character trait, all right? And so being resilient is not necessarily what you do. It's who you are, all right? Most men are not resilient. Most men are victims, meaning that when they come and they've just found raw dating advice, and a lot of what we talk about is contrary to popular mainstream belief, or maybe maybe they, they feel insecure about an area of their life, especially around women. And rather than thinking, oh, I can do this, I can improve. They want to play a victim to their current circumstance. And so they say, I, I've sucked with women up to this point, and they start trying to point fingers. They start trying to take blame off of themselves. And so victims, they'll point and they'll go, it's the women are all bitches. There's not enough good looking women over here uh, in my town. Uh, you know, women just don't know how to, women just like assholes and I'm, I'm nice. And you know, women suck because they don't like nice guys like me. Right. And so you're, you're looking to place the blame on things outside of you. And so being a resilient person is something that obviously repels women. Nobody wants to be around the person who's, um, super negative all the time, always plays the victim. Um, because I don't know if about you, but you we all know that one guy where when he walks in the room, kind of just the energy kind of just gets sucked out of the room and you're like, it kind of just gets quiet or whatever. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, hopefully you're not that guy, right? But at the end of the day, you don't want to be an energy drainer. You want to be an energy charger. You want to add energy to the room. You want to add positive vibes and good emotions and people actually being excited around you. Well, I'll just tell you what, <laughs> the first way to make sure you are the energy drainer and, and ensure that you are repelling people away from you is playing the victim a lot and just being scarcity negative minded in the, in the first place. Right. And so most men are not resilient. Most men are victims. 99% of men. Now, likely, hopefully this is not you and it's not going to be you pretty soon because uh, most men aren't even able to admit to themselves that they need this help with this area of their life. So they will never even start seeking out help in the first place. All right. And so 
let me kind of read you this little blurb I wrote about kind of just victims. And hopefully uh, this, this helps you understand this on a better level. Most men, they believe that they are victims of circumstance. They believe this is something that was done to them against their will. And whether they know it or not, because this is their identity, because their identity is that of a victim, they literally block themselves from being able to become resistant. Okay. So in order for you to become a resilient person, you must first stop being the victim. Right. If you want to be more resilient in your life, if you want to be the type of person who always finds a way to succeed, regardless of what people are saying or regardless of the circumstances, because that's who you are, you're a disciplined person, you have to become resilient. And to do that, you must first stop playing the victim in your life. All right. Because here is the hard, cold truth. You will always meet the standards that you have for yourself in life. Right. And I say that because right now you are making the exact amount of money in your bank account that you should be making. All right. You are getting the girls that you should be getting. You look at exactly how you should look. Right. Are you overweight? That's your fault. Right. The first step is taking fucking responsibility if you want to be resilient, because if you're in constant denial, if you're always looking for blame outside, then that same type of mentality is going to lead you to seek for help outside. And at the end of the day, the only person who can help you is you. The major key to your better future is you and nobody else. All right. And so the moment you become a victim, this is why it's dangerous because the moment you become a victim is the moment you start settling for what you currently have. You literally cut off your ability to be able to improve because misery loves company and you are a product of the people you spend the most time with. And so if you're constantly being a victim, if you're constantly speaking about negative things, if you constantly have this fucking toxic energy that you're radiating, whether or not it's because you are just a stressed out person, maybe you're just really anxious, whatever the reason that may be, if you're projecting that energy out, you're repelling people away from you, not just women, right? But at the end of the day, what's the polar opposite? How do you attract women? You become a fucking resilient person, right? Because that's a main, like, I don't know if you know about this, but if you've been on raw dating advice for a while, we constantly talk about the ability to lead. You must be leading the interaction. Well, how can you ever be a good leader for your woman if you can't even lead yourself, right? And good leadership is a person who takes fucking responsibility and improves on those weaknesses and those weak spots so he can actually start winning more consistently in the future, all right? So no more blaming the economy. No more blaming the government. No more blaming the asshole boss. No more blaming that bitch who cheated on you. No more blaming your parents. No more blaming the advice you got. No more blaming that alarm that didn't go off. No more blaming the Chinese virus. No more blaming the YouTube algorithm. No more blaming ridiculously high taxes. No more blaming your introverted personality. No more blaming the city you live in. No more blaming how short, broke, or fat you are, all right? Here's the thing. Your mind has two wolves. Which one wins? <laughs> I, I butcher that. Your mind has two wolves. One's a victim, one's resilient. Which one wins? The one you feed. All right, stop playing the victim. Start taking responsibility for every result that you have in your life right fucking now. And that is the first honest signal that you can't fake. All right, you can't fake it. All right, it's the first honest signal, a character trait that women subconsciously notice and chase in a guy. All right, so th that's the first one. Chris, did you have anything you wanted to add before we get into the second one? No, I just really wanted to hammer in as far as like the wolf analogy. I feel like that's very powerful. And once you take responsibility and just decide to stop feeding the wolf that, you know, that negative one, I feel like it's definitely a game changer when it comes to like dating life or just any part of your life in general. Yeah, 100%. So uh, the first one is resilient, R. Remember that. The second one is D, R, D. D stands for decisive. 
Now, just like you are a resilient person, decisiveness is also not just something you do in the moment. It is an identity. It is a much a part of who you are as being resilient, as being any of your physical attributes that you have no control over. All right. So practice decisiveness daily. These are things that you have to do every single day and build the habit and become that type of person. All right. Most men, most men, even the men who watch this right now, I would venture to guess that about half of you, just because it's raw dating advice, if this was a normal uh, fucking audience, I would say maybe about 80 to 90% of the men watching this, right? Most men lack any true form of decisiveness in their life. They can't decide what they want in life, much less, much less what they want to eat for dinner, all right? How many of these conversations happen in relationships every single day? I, I'd be lying if it didn't happen, if I said it didn't happen in mine, right? But again, I the, the thing is admitting it and then taking responsibility and then course correcting, right? And so this is a conversation that happens on a day-to-day -day basis for a lot of people. Hey, babe, what should we eat for dinner? I don't know, you decide, or I don't know, what are you feeling tonight, right? I can relate to that because I've been in that position many times, but what I found is that just simply making the decision is way more attractive to her, rather, regardless of if she was feeling that type of food or not, um, because you're a man who is decisive, right? That's just one in the moment type of thing, but most men live in what I like to call the gray area of life. They kind of want this. They kind of want that. They're not quite sure. They've never really thought about their goals. They don't really know how they're going to achieve their goals. They set New Year's resolutions just because that's the fucking trendy thing to do. And then they forget about it two weeks later. You know, classic shit that most people fall prey to, right? And here's the thing. There is absolutely nothing wrong with it. And that's the trap. There's absolutely nothing wrong with living in the gray area of your life. There's absolutely nothing wrong with having no goals for yourself. There's absolutely nothing wrong for passing your decisions off to other people whether you know it or not and that's why it's so toxic be or even a trap for you because because there's nothing wrong with it you're never going to feel the need to change right though tony robbins always says the only reason you change is through inspiration or desperation or both but people who kind of just live in the gray area and it's not this or that it's not good or bad they kind of just stay mediocre for their whole life because that's kind of just the average and that's kind of what is okay, you know, and I don't know how I feel about it, but I never really thought about it. So I'm just going to stay right here in my fucking couch, right? Are you going to be mediocre for the rest of your life? No. Okay. Start being decisive about what you fucking want. All right. People are wishy-washy. They want to think about it. They want to do it later, right? Here's the thing. If Kobe, if 2020 has taught us anything is that you can't necessarily guarantee that tomorrow will ever be here. You know, if you've ever lost someone in your life, like I'm sure a lot of people have, I definitely have in my 30, almost 31 years of my life. And, and it kind of really makes you reevaluate um, your position on the world. You know, growing up, you might have been just like any uh, uh, fucking bright eyed kid thinking that, hey, this shit's going to go on forever. You know, I can do anything I want down the road. I can put it off for later. But here's the thing, man, it blows my mind every time I think to myself, man, I was just I was just telling some of this earlier today. I was like, I've been processing the fact that I just turned 30 and I'm no longer in my 20s. And the other day I was processing it and I realized I've been processing this shit for so long. I'm almost 31. Right. So time flies by. All right. So are you going to decide to be the type of person who goes after what they want today right now? Right. Because here's the thing. A lot of times when I work with people in the field, especially if you come to my boot camps, guys might say they want to talk to that girl or get that girl's attention or get that girl's phone number. But how many of them can't even bring themselves to approach her? Is that is that a thing of 
going after what you want? Does that actively show that you are the type of person who goes after what you want? Who are you are the person who does take action to do those things, and you decide that you're going to do it right fucking now rather than hey maybe later let me think about it. Right? These manifest themselves in different ways, and because it's so baked into everything you do, the way you make your decisions in life, um, that's why it's so honest. It's so hard to fake. Women eventually realize: Are you this type of person or not? But I promise you this, the person who goes after what they want, the person who does have goals and does decide that they're going to go after it and doesn't put it off for later is the type of person that they're going to be naturally drawn to, right? People, people want to think that getting a girl and actually keeping her attracted to you is super, it's like some super complicated thing at the end of the day. Getting a girl fucking obsessed with you is very fucking simple and it has nothing to do with sexual tension. It maybe has a little bit to do with sexual tension, but only at the start, right? Because eventually what you'll realize, especially if you have a long relationship, you'll realize that what got her attracted to you at the beginning of your interaction with her is very fucking different than what's going to keep her attracted to you for 1, 2, 10, 20 years. You know what I'm saying? So it goes from being a very like almost like honeymoon phase that's very uh dopamine driven serotonin driven it's there's a lot of those fucking happy chemicals going around but very soon once you get so familiar with one person once you start having enough fights with this person right eventually that relationship transitions into being more of an oxytocin type of relationship to where you are bonded chemically to this person right and the only way a girl's gonna stay in your life like that is if she can imagine where you're fucking going with your life because of all this fucking ambition because you are the person who uh who can make quick decisions in the moment and and just act and, and succeed faster right that's the person she's gonna stick with it's very simple right so making a decision there's a lot of levels to this um chris do you have anything you want to add here i feel like i can go on this all day no, I, I just love like what you're just saying. I'm just kind of taking it in. I feel like, man, I should be taking notes. <laughs> yeah. Like resilience, decisiveness is an identity. So are you deci- deci- are you a decisive person or not? If not, you're probably living at half your potential as a man. All right, that's the hard truth. You're probably living at literally half the potential you are as a man, right? People probably rarely look to you for guidance or advice. Women probably question your decisions and shit tests you a lot, right? If you're getting a lot of shit tests, it's because you're not um, showing, you're not doing this consistently enough in the moment, which just means you got to be more self-aware and practice and course correct a little bit more because once you become the type of person who's resilient, decisive, and also the other three traits we're going to talk about in this podcast, um, you rarely get shit tested. Uh, I hit a point in my game where, like I said, I've been going out for almost every night every night of the week um, for years, right? Obviously, COVID changed a lot of that. But um, back in the day, I hit a point in my game where it seemed like I was getting a fair number of shit tests and I would be able to overcome them. But at some point, I just kind of had this self kind of belief. It was almost like a switch flipped inside to where I just realized like, women were no longer shit testing me like they used to. Like I used to introduce myself to a girl or at some point in that first conversation, one of the shit tests I'd always get was like, oh, how old are you? And then I'd say, you know, 24 or however old I was at the time. And they'd be like, oh, that's too young. Right. And it was, it's a shit test. Right. But guys get these types of shit tests all the time. And what I realized and how I actually can verify it's a shit test, because there was never a right answer to that question, because in my head, I obviously would overcome it uh, in the ways that I talk about my book with just playfulness and just kind of teasing and, you know, the classic banter shit. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, when I turned 25, I was like, okay, maybe I'm not, I'm not in my early twenties. Now I'm in my mid twenties. So maybe I'll get a different response to it. Nope. Didn't get another response. I swear I'd be 27 talking to bitches in the club. I'd still get that question. And I'd be like, and, and I was like, surely I'm old enough at 27. Now, now it's, it goes from like, you're too young to, oh, you're too old. Right. So there's no right answer. It's a fucking shit test It's illogical. Right. And the only reason they're testing you is to see how you respond after they deliver the test. Does that make sense? And so that's a whole other story, but, um, you know, that's one symptom. If you're not super decisive, you probably get shit tested a lot. You know, hey, babe, I want to go here, right? Or, hey, let's go over to that side of the bar, right? Because I'm thirsty. Let's go over there, right? And you're leading her throughout the venue, whatever it is. If you can't do it in a congruent way, that's when she starts going, I don't know. Why do you want to do over that? I want, I want to go over here, right? And they fucking start trying to just pick and pro- poke and prod. So I think you get the point. Uh, another one is your ideas probably don't get taken as seriously as they should, especially at work or if you're pitching an idea. Uh, and honestly, you probably get laid about 80% less than you should, right? And so, for example, you know, I might take on a new coaching client. Anytime I take on a new uh, 20K coaching client or even guys who want to come to the boot camp, you know, I'll, I'll say, hey, tell me what do you want to create for your life? Like what kind of dating life do you uh, envision us working on building together, right? What's your ideal dating situation look like? And 95% of the time, these guys will go into a long rant of like, oh, I don't want this. I don't want uh, these types of women. I don't want these, uh, any bitchy girls. Uh, I don't want to be rejected anymore, you know? And it, it amazes me how much of what they tell me when I say, hey, describe your ideal dating situation is all the things that they don't want in their dating life, right? So most men don't really take the time to decide what they do want. And so they're focused so much on what they don't want. Obviously, what do you think they are attracting in their life if they're always focused on what they don't want, right? So this is, it's very important because it, it literally changes how you take action towards your goals and kind of your resilience and your ability to do that too, right? So decide right now, we're coming into a new year, um, hopefully a better and brighter year than what 2020 was for a lot of people. So decide right now, who do you want to become this year, right? What impression do you want to make on people this year? What do you want to become known for? And then decide that you're going to do whatever it fucking takes to achieve that this year, right? And I always make this, this clarification here. When you decide what your mission, what your path is, at least right now, don't put so much fucking pressure on yourself to make this the permanent thing, right? David Data makes this analogy in the way of the superior man. If you're, if you're kind of, as a man, you're going to go through phases in your life, obviously, right? But you're, if you're kind of looking for purpose, obviously purpose and having a purpose is important for you, uh, especially your ability to attract women. And that's obviously what just being decisive will help you find, but most men kind of stay on the outer levels. and But anyways, your purpose is like an onion. At the core of the onion is your core purpose. And most men spend their whole lives trying to find their core purpose, their why. What are what were they made to do? What, are they, what is their fucking passion in life? What do most of their goals and time, uh, you know, go towards, right? That's your core purpose. Well, you're not, you're not necessarily supposed to know what your purpose is, especially early on in your life. And if you don't know, don't put so much pressure on yourself when you're trying to decide what this stuff is for you, what your goals are for the next year, who you want to become this year. Don't think that this has to be the final version of you, right? Because just 
just like an onion, you're going to go through the layers of the onion. And so you're going to this year go through one layer of the onion. It's going to be great for you or it's going to be really shitty and you're going to turn it into a fucking learning experience. But then that's going to parlay into the uh, inner layer, the next layer of the onion where maybe your purpose changes a little bit, but now you're a little bit closer to your core. All right. So don't put so much pressure on yourself, but also you get exactly what you settle for in life. Right. So keep your standards high. Right. Don't attach your history to uh, don't limit your your future by, you know, maybe your lack of results in the past is what I'm trying to say. So make your standards high, but don't overcomplicate it. If that makes sense. Does that make sense, Chris? Yeah. And I, I think a good way like to think about it the way I like to think about it is just like think about it. If you have your 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 worst type worst wardrobe, like the worst shirt in your wardrobe is Gucci, then even when you're looking your quote unquote worst, it's still better than than most. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, couple in the moment types of things too. You know, that's kind of broad, broadly speaking is like deciding your goals. You know, what are you going to do to get to that? What kind of impression do you want to make? What kind of a women do you want to attract? Uh, not even just like the the physical type, but like, do you want to attract more women who are into their health and fitness? Do you want to attract more women who are into personal development? Things like that. Right. And, and then go out there and actually start taking action because a weird thing happens is like your subconscious, they call it your reticular activating system. It's kind of, it's literally like, it is literally your subconscious. I remember learning about it in um, human anatomy and physiology uh, in dental school. And it was describing the reticular activating system as like the thing that your brain uses when you transition from being awake and conscious to sleep. And it kind of controls your, your sleep state. Right. But it also, since it's your subconscious thing uh, is kind of like, kind of like when you're in a car and you are looking over here at the thing on the side, you naturally kind of find yourself drifting that way because literally where your focus is, your energy starts to kind of flow that way, right? And so your subconscious, whether you know it or not, when you decide what types of women you want to attract, um, what types of opportunities you want to create for yourself within the year, you're naturally, whether you know it or not, going to be focused on um, going towards the paths that actually um lead you back to what you said, decided what you wanted your focus to be. And it's like a subconscious thing, right? It's kind of like if I told you right now, look around in your room and look at all the things that are red. Look for red, look for red, look for red. All right, look for red right now, motherfucker. Look around in your room and I want you to look at the things that are red right fucking now. Now stop, close your eyes. Tell me all the things that were yellow. Can't do it because where your focus goes, your energy flows. All right. So this is a very subconscious thing on a broad strokes, but even in the day to day stuff, practice it. Don't take 10 minutes to decide what you want to fucking eat off the fucking menu. All right. Don't wait until the deadline to buy something you know you want. Right. And stop playing the passive role in life is all this really means. Stop being so fucking passive and be the guy who makes the decisions and where you want to go. And people are going to start following your lead because you're going to become so good at it. And the more you do it, you're going to become more confident. As you do it, you're going to do it with more conviction, which is going to lead other people to just naturally start following your lead more often. Makes sense. Can we, can we move on to the next one yet? Move on to the next one. <laughs> all right. All right. So we are now at R. Now we are D. And the last one, or the third one, I should say, is A. RDA. Now, if you haven't noticed, RDA, what does it normally stand for? Stands for raw dating advice. But it's a subconscious Easter egg that only the people on the in know about and now you're on the end because now you're about to know about it but rda in my world just to me as a constant reminder to myself is always stood for resilient decisive action taker right action taker is the third piece to the rda mentality 
But again, we got five, all right? So the action taker, you must be an action taker. You should strive every day to be more of an action taker, right? Some guys, they think they want to rely on luck. They want to rely on just things to happen to them. uh, And they have that like lottery mindset, right? They want girls to naturally be attracted to them, even though they've never worked on their game. They think that if I just buy her flowers or I do the romantic thing, I'm going to trick her into liking me over time. Here's the thing. Like if that worked, you wouldn't be here right now, right? So right now, understand that that's not a consistent strategy for attracting women. And if you want to be more lucky, take more action, right? This is a quote out of my one of my favorite books, The Richest Man in Babylon, and it says, men of action are favored by the goddess of good luck because simply by taking more action, all right? And these are all interconnected. You're a resilient, decisive action taker. This is an identity for you. Are you a resilient, decisive action taker or not? Because when you start taking action, you literally learn faster and succeed faster than everybody else who takes a little bit less action than you. So speed of implementation and just like fucking going. When you see that girl you want to talk to, you get up off your ass and go fucking talk to her. Because the more you fucking think about it, it's literally called the the five second rule. There's a whole book about it written by Mel Robbins. Your brain says, hey, if we're waiting longer than five seconds to do it, maybe we shouldn't do it. It's like an evolutionary thing because oftentimes when you were unsure and you hesitated, paralysis analysis, well, back in the hunter-gatherer days, you know what that meant? You're probably looking down a bear. So at that point, your brain's like fight or flight, fight or flight. You know what? We've already thought about this so long that we should just fucking flight, right? And so that's what happens in your life when you don't take action fast enough. So speed of implementation. And when you start taking quicker action on your ideas, on your impulses, you learn faster or you succeed faster. You collapse your time because here's the thing. If I was in a hypothetical scenario like a Chinese anime where it's like you got to pick the right door or or else you're going to get fucking flame torched or whatever because these Chinese anime uh, movies on Netflix are all fucking crazy like that. So if I'm in a hypothetical white room and there is 10 doors and it says you have 30 minutes to go through the right door to live and and I can try out the different doors, but maybe I get a small penalty or something from the different from each one of the doors that aren't the right ones. Well, if I just go, all right, let me choose door number five rather than thinking about for 30 minutes which door I should choose, then I'll find out very quickly if that one was the right answer or not, right? And, and maybe it doesn't have to be as extreme as if you don't do the right thing, you fucking die, like in my example. But hey, maybe you approach a girl or maybe you try the one thing or maybe you you uh, launch a program or you you start the business, right? And it didn't work out. Well, that's just like I took action. I figured out that idea doesn't fucking work. Well, most people, I'll be honest, don't have the 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 fucking wherewithal or the fucking urgency or the decisiveness to have taken that leap of faith in the first place. So that's where they get stuck. But now you already have one idea that didn't fucking work. So you can move on to the next one and you say, oh shit, door number two didn't work either. Oh fuck, door number seven didn't work. Oh shit, door number three. It was door number three the entire fucking time. But by the time you got to three, everybody thinks you're an overnight success because they haven't even taken that first step. But you realize that you fucking took like five, six steps, failed, 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 and now you're fucking succeeding, right? And so it's the same thing. When you take, when you decide that you are a resilient, decisive action taker, now you're, anytime you fail or anytime you don't get the result because you're resilient, it doesn't fucking, fucking knock you off your path. You've already decided who you want to be. You've already decided the type of person that you are going to be from this day moving forward. And that is going to help you be more resilient. But also now you're taking action and most people don't even do that in the first place. It surprises me every fucking day how many people I talk to who come to Raw Dating Advice 
They want coaching. They have my book. And a lot of these guys aren't even taking action with the book, right? But you know what? That's to be expected because given, given any random population of people, half of them are probably not going to be action takers. And the other half are probably going to be negative-minded people, right? And so I consider raw dating advice to be the elite because I would say probably... I would, if I had to guess of the thousands of books that are out there, um, I would say probably half of them never even opened the first page. Like how many times have you gotten a book and it just collected dust on your bookshelf? Happens to me all the fucking time. This is how, uh, how I know I'm speaking from experience. I have 27 books on my fucking desk right now and I've read bits and pieces of each one, but I haven't, um, there's a couple of them I finished, but I haven't read all the way through a couple of these and that's why they're just sitting there. But the point is they're collecting dust. Just like any fucking book. So how many guys, realistically, in a fucking large population of them, haven't even opened the first page because it was just that thing they bought on impulse, right? And then they wonder why their life is still the same. If you want to get these results that you want in your life, if you want to improve your game, if you want to get the quality of women that you know you want and deserve and you don't want to have to settle for less, become a resilient, decisive action taker, all right? And so here's the thing. Action takers decide what they want, then relentlessly go after it. Action takers value their time so they don't waste it with indecisiveness. Action takers are quick to implement. Action takers invest in speed so the action they take uh, succeeds faster. Action takers understand it's better to find what to do than to find out through trial and error. Action takers never compare their chapter one to another action takers chapter 20. Action takers cheer on the success of others. Action takers get into states of flow faster and more often. Action takers take responsibility for their success and never play the victim action takers were all not until they were all right the man on the mountain did not land there he fucking climbed that fucking mountain and you're about to climb that fucking mountain too now let's get on to the fourth trait that women are look for and are subconsciously and are naturally drawn to because i don't know if you can tell already but any person who actually lives by these three core values that we've already covered, like just imagine the results that they probably create in their life, right? Most guys look on the outside, they're on the outside looking in and they see a guy who's probably in shape, a guy who fucking looks like he has a lot of money. He's surrounded by a lot of women and they tell themselves because they're playing the victim, man, if only I had money and oh, if only I looked like that, maybe I could get girls, right? But think about it. <laughs> what did that man have to do to create a life where he could have that much money in abundance and just blow it like that. I guarantee you that man has some thick epidermis. He went through some shit to get there unless he's a trust fund baby. That's a whole other story, right? But you know, a lot of, I'll be honest. I know a lot of high level entrepreneurs, every single one of them has like what I would call character, fucking life experience. They've been through some shit. I say this every fucking day, uh, especially on my podcast, Raw and Relentless. I, I probably compressed about, five to 10 years of personal development in about five to 10 months when I dropped out of dental school where I was guaranteed to be be paid like a doctor for the rest of my life. I just have to graduate because I've already done the hard work to get to dental school. And all I had to do was continue to do what I was doing and settle for that life. And it was, it was made, right? But against the wishes of my family and my friends and anybody who had any logical sense to them, against everybody, I dropped out to start a YouTube channel about picking up women. And right now, that YouTube channel is the channel that you're watching this shit on very likely right this second, all right? And so I did something that was fucking insane, but I took action because I knew what I wanted to create for my life. And I knew being a dentist wasn't it, wasn't it for me, all right? And 
that facing that much kind of social rejection and also I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know how to fucking run, start a YouTube channel and grow it. I didn't know how to make a business. I didn't know how to write a book. I didn't know how to put a web page on the internet. I didn't know any of that shit. I didn't know what I didn't know. And and having to go through kind of just that that personal growth of just literally facing all the rejection, feeling like nobody in the world agrees with your viewpoint, but knowing deep down you're on the right path, man, that's tough. Not a lot of people would have the the courage to even take an action like that or go uh, do an extreme life change like that, right? But in that six months afterward, I mean, it was tough. I wouldn't want to go through it again. In fact, I was talking about it at my last boot camp, and for some reason, I started tearing up like a little bitch. I had a little fucking pause in the middle of my speech. Nobody noticed it, but I was like, fuck, I got to hold the tears back because it's like some subconscious just like pain in there, right? It, it was hard, but a lot of high-level entrepreneurs have faced anxiety and stress like that because a lot of them probably did similar things to where they did things against the logic of everybody else around them and everybody else disagreed with their decision, but they knew that deep down they were on the path that was most fulfilling to them. They knew it was right for them at that time and they stuck to their guns. And because of that, now they they come out the other end with like this weird kind of aura of just like wisdom. You you have like some like subconscious street smarts to you, right? You have thick epidermis, right? I had to grow up fast is the point I was trying to make, right? And so that's what happens when you're a resilient, decisive action taker. You 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 probably won't go through the lows like lows like that. But if you're if you just want to improve your game, just know the man on the mountain didn't fucking land there. All right, people who have good game work on their game. People who are good at anything, I guarantee you, work on it. I met a guy when I was in college. I remember uh, he was super fit, and it, it was it stood out to me because in my friends group when I was in college, I did P90X relentlessly every single day. I didn't miss a day for three years, and then I got bored and moved on to a different workout program. This dude, I didn't, I wasn't really friends with him. He was a friend of a friend that I would play basketball with a lot, but he was jacked. And I remember uh, he had better abs than me and it kind of made me piss. So I was like, yo, what, what's your diet like, man? Uh, and he goes, oh man, I just, I just eat fucking pizza and I just eat a bunch of junk. And he was like, obviously being facetious, but he wouldn't fucking tell me what his diet is like, right? He wouldn't tell me what he was doing to get those results, right? But a lot of guys, what I'm trying to say here is Anybody with the, with any fucking sense to them, anybody in the right mind would instantly look at a guy who's that fucking ripped and go, that guy had to work for it. He probably tracked his fucking macros. He probably tracked every calorie he ate. He probably works out almost every single day. He deserved that, all right? And so anybody who would say that he's just naturally that ripped, you're, you're delusional. And in my opinion, and obviously that's easy to relate to, but it's the same type of situation when you're looking at a guy who has good results in his dating life and you assume he was just, he was born with that fucking shit. He was born with the silver spoon in his mouth. No motherfucker. People who have social skills, people who have good game, they worked on it. They built it. And I'm no exception to that. And I'm just hoping that you understand right now, if you feel like you're not at the place you want to be in your life, or maybe you're not getting the results you want and you feel stuck, don't compare your chapter one to someone's chapter 20. Don't compare your chapter nine to someone's chapter 50. You know what I'm saying? So just stay on your path, be resilient, be decisive, be an action taker, keep taking action. You'll get there. So the fourth trait is being a leader of men, all right, being a leader of men. 
right? And the skills that go into being a good leader, resilient, decisive action taker, and, and then obviously the fifth one we're about to talk about, but more importantly, being willing to take the lead, right? I, I had a moment the other day, uh, last weekend where we were trying to film the podcast for raw and relentless. And I had my girlfriend in here. She was pushing the button. So the cameras were switching and I had Chris in here and we had kind of a plan on some of the things that we wanted to talk about. But that particular day, I was just not in the mental state to be recording a podcast. I was losing my train of thought every five minutes. Um, and I, I just couldn't focus. I was super stressed, anxious from the day. Um, and, and, Moral of the story is we didn't get a successful podcast film and we did like three or four takes and eventually we were just like, you know what, maybe we should just take this as a time to take a break, come back tomorrow. And so that's exactly what we did. We had to take a break, right? So uh, I had a point in that moment where I was... I realized I was looking to Chris and my girlfriend to say, hey, what should we do? Should we um, not film or should we try to power through and get uh, a podcast filmed and do like 10 takes if we have to get there? Or should we take a break until tomorrow? And this is before we decided. But before we decided, I realized I'm looking at them for what we what we should do. They're looking at me for what we should do because it's my fucking podcast. And I was like, oh, leadership isn't just a trait you have like resilient, decisive action taker. It's also a choice you make. Are you going to be the person who's willing to step up and make the fucking decision and take the lead in the situation? Right. And this is very applicable to your dating life. And it's a very subconscious thing that women just, even if they're hanging out with you 10 years later, right? It's a, it's a thing that in the moment, are you the type of person who steps up and takes the lead or not? Right. And so if you're, if you're wondering, how do I improve my ability to get more interest on a first date? How do I make it so that way when I first meet a girl, maybe I approach her on the street, she's actually less likely to flake on me and is interested in seeing me again. How do I get girls interested in actually coming back to my place? How do I get them to hang out with me long-term? How do I, uh, the one common sticking point is like, I, I can get girls attracted, but it's like keeping them past around two weeks. It seems like they always just kind of fall off and we stop talking to each other, right? How do you keep a girl long-term? Be a guy who's willing to be a leader, right? So when you're texting, it's like, hey, what do you want to do? You want to hang out? Uh, you know, what are you, what are you thinking, right? Versus, hey, I'm going to XYZ place. You should totally come bring a friend. And I gave a lot of texting examples in the last podcast. You should definitely check it out. But it's like, am I going to lead or am I going to let her lead? Am I going to let her have a lot of say on what we do and what we don't do uh, as far as early on in the dating process, right? And it's not like you're forcing women to do things against their will, but it's being the guy who's willing to step up and say, hey, this is the plan. Or, hey, I already got things figured out. Or um, in the moment, if you're in the bar, hey, let's go over there. I like the lighting better. Hey, uh, come with me. Let's let's go uh, meet up with my friend at the place next door, right? And just grabbing her hand and going with a full assumption of a positive response. Are you willing to step up and take the lead. That's an honest signal. And that is trait number four. Now let's bring it full circle. The final one. And I would argue probably the glue holding together. The first four is your ability to stay nonchalant, more specifically non-reactive to your emotions. All right. And so me and Chris were actually talking about this, um, the other day, but a lot of people, especially if you struggle with anxiety, stress, or depression, or any of this, um, what I realized, and I was actually talking to, to my girlfriend, and also Chris about this the other day, because when I had this moment of realization, it hit me, and I was like, oh my God, it makes so much sense, right? When you are in, your emo in, in an emotional state, 
especially think back to a time where you were super stressed out or anxious or depressed, right? When you're in that emotional state, oftentimes uh, you don't even realize it until it's too late. Someone says something or you lash out and it just, uh, and something happens to where it reaches a breaking point. And, and so uh, me and my girl, we, we came up with a name for this. We called it an emotional vortex because uh, the thing about the vortex is you don't know when you're in one, but when you're in one, it's because it's emotion and emotion is like the opposite. Uh, it's like, it's like the, the flip side to the same coin that logic is on. A lot of us in our emotional state, when something pisses us off or we're trying to figure out why we're so stressed or anxious and we're trying to take action towards it. Um, what we realize is we're, what you'll realize is the more you try to logic your way out of your emotional state, the harder it is to do because they, they, they're coinciding things. They do not, they're two opposite sides of the same coin, right? So women are very emotional creatures, right? Men are very logical goal striving. Um, and so I, I make the point because it, it can go down to how you control your emotions, long-term, your depression, your anxiety, your stress levels and whatnot. Um, realizing that you can't logic and force yourself out of it. The way you have to do it is realize that you are in an emotional state, which is hard to do. Um, but also just practice meditating. <laughs> this is the answer. You have to physically distance yourself from that vortex of emotion. I've also called this emotional quicksand. When you're so caught up in a fucking girl and you're like wondering what is she, what did it mean when she said this? What did it mean when she did that? Uh, what should I do to get her to like me again? Right. You get into this emotional quicksand or what I just said, emotional vortex. And the crazy thing is the closer, just like a tornado or something, the closer you are to the vortex, the closer you are to your emotions, the easier it is to get sucked back into them. Right. And so this is why it's hard to fake because a guy will learn like, okay, if a girl shit tests me, how do I, how do I become, how do I pass the shit test? Well, obviously through humor or being non-reactive to the, to the shit test. Right. And these are ways I obviously talk about in other videos in my channel about shit tests. Uh, also a lot of my book as well. And, uh, but here's the thing. <laughs> a lot of guys find it hard to not emotionally react when she pokes a hole at one of your insecurities. Right. But also that same type of person probably doesn't control his emotions throughout the day. So he's close to that emotional vortex. Even if you're in a good mood right now, because you're so close to it, because it's not been, a, you're not, you, the majority of your time is spent in that emotion, that stress, that anxiety, that depression, whatever it is for you, um, the anger, the fear throughout your normal day, it's harder for you to actually maintain control of it. Even when you're in that non-emotional state and you get that random shit test from a girl. So being non-reactive is something you have to train. It's something you have to work on. And it's very simple. This is the moment of realization I had just like a vortex, just like a fucking black hole. Your emotions, they're like a black hole, bro. They're like a fucking vortex. The closer you are to them, the stronger the suck, right? The, the further away, the, the less the suck, right? The pull back to that emotional vortex because you get sucked right back in, right? I'm not saying that all emotions are bad. Obviously, love, those positive ones, gratitude, those are great. But those negative ones that affect you negatively, that make you more reactive to women in social situations, um, those are the ones you want to physically distance yourself away. And so I was thinking about this. I was like, how do you distance yourself away from your emotional vortex? And I realized it's because I realized that time and space is connected. So it's not necessarily the physical distance from your emotions, but it's the time that you're able to spend outside of an emotional state where you can stay in your grounded, masculine, logical thinking, goal striving state to where you're now not a, a reactive little bitch in the moment who, uh, you know, maybe it pisses you off that a girl gave you a shit test, even if you're normally good at passing shit tests. And so the way you do it is just spend more time out of it and how you practice it 
I hate to say it, man, and a lot of guys hate to say it, hate to hear it. Meditation, as corny as it fucking sounds, it's fucking meditation, right? Because what is meditation? It is nothing more than realizing that, hey, maybe I'm stressed out about a lot of things going on. I have all these things I want to worry about, and they're fucking weighing me down. They're keeping me in my emotional vortex, whether I know it or fucking not. And you just sit there and you say, you know what? I'm going to turn off the distraction. I'm going to fucking force myself out of this emotional state by cutting off all external stimuli. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm just going to sit here. And I'm going to breathe. <laughs> I'm going to focus on the things that are in this room, the physicality of the things in this room, because these are real. These are tangible. My emotions, my irrational fears, they are not, they are not real. Right. And just practicing just five minutes of meditation every day or night, right? Morning or night, whatever is most convenient for you. Just giving yourself that time even if it's just five minutes out of your 24-hour day that you're going to choose to just come out of that emotional vortex for a second, that's how you practice being a person who's more non-reactive. And obviously, we made that parallel. This is going to help you in the moment when you get that shit test, when maybe you led yourself into a, led the interaction to a place where maybe it's not working out the way you want. Are you going to get mad? Are you going to get pissed? Are you going to uh, become the victim? Are you going to get, you know, whatever you, <laughs> sad, right? Or are you going to keep that composure, and you're going to be non-reactive and you're going to just now have the the space, the mental clarity to respond in a logical way, in a way that you know, in the way that we teach on this channel in my book on how to actually attract women. Because a lot of that stuff is going to be outside the comfort zone of a lot of guys. If you've never disqualified a girl before and you've always thought, hey, I just got to make her feel good by complimenting her and just doing all these romantic things, then it's probably really going to be weird for you the first time you make fun of a girl and, and kind of maybe attack one of her insecurities in a light, playful, nonchalant way. Um, and, and again... It's not a, I hate to use the word attack, but it's like when you disqualify a girl, I remember one of these that I would always say back in the day was like, oh, you're from Texas. Oh, I usually get along with girls from Texas, but it's just, it's too bad that, um, I'm not attracted to you. Cause this could have definitely been, you know, a dangerous situation. Uh, and I would say something like, it's too bad. I'm not attracted to you, to a girl in a playful way. When I was bantering with him in a bar at a party or whatever, and you realize that especially when you're starting out and that was one of the first ones I started out with. Sometimes I'd say it in a tonality that it's like, Oh, I'm not attracted to you. And, and they would take it in like a really hard way because there was no playfulness to the tonality of my voice. Um, but then you kind of just zero in and you hone in cause I kept fucking taking action and I tried it a couple different ways. I was like, Oh, this tonality actually hits with the reaction I want. And now we have banter and she's laughing and she playful hit playfully hits me on the arm. Right. And so, in that moment, right, being able to control your emotions is very uh, crucial because you, oftentimes the first time you try some of these things that are a little bit outside your comfort zone, maybe you're not going to get the result you wanted. But do you think the person who, like Kobe, anybody who's fucking great, you think they just tried once and gave up? No, fuck no. They were resilient. They kept taking action. They kept setting their standard higher for themselves. And, you know, they did all the things that we talked about in this fucking video. So just a quick recap. The five on weird you could you could call them weird you could call them unconventional um i would just call them underrated the five underdog fucking traits in your character that whether you know it or not are signaling honest signals to women 
that you are the type of person she should be attracted to on a subconscious level, right? So quick recap, be resilient, practice resilience every single day. It's an identity, not a thing you do. It's who you are. So is decisiveness. Are you a decisive person? It's an identity. It's not a thing you do. It's a person that you are. It's a decision that you make. I'm going to be a decisive person. Are you an action taker? Resilient, decisive action taker. Hashtag RDA right? The RDA mentality. Then are you the person who's going to be willing to step up and be a leader of men? And also, are you going to constantly work on uh, your emotional state being non-reactive, right? So that is this podcast, episode six. I felt like we had a good time in this one. I feel like I didn't get Chris involved in the conversation nearly enough. Uh, Chris, what do you want to add? Honestly, I was just sitting back enjoying everything you had to say. So I don't really have much to add because I feel like you hit every point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. So let's let's make a couple of announcements for the guys who are really uh, committed to raw data device. They're still here. I, I like to consider this because um, I can look at the analytics and I I hate looking at my channel as numbers. Right. I never have because I truly like, especially if you've been seeing the documentary, like I I stress myself out sometimes because when I speak and give advice, I'm trying to talk to the guys who are are like have some results and they're trying to get to the next level. Uh, Maybe the guys who are on advanced and reaching for mastery, but then I'm also trying to include the guys who I know are starting out in that fucking low spot that I can totally relate to. And they're just looking for a fucking lifeline right now. Right. And so uh, I, I, so the moral of the story is um, I can see the analytics and I realize like, we have people who are relatively new to raw dating advice. Maybe they're not yet subscribed and they watch a few channels and then they fucking finally hit that subscribe button and join the family. But then we got guys who maybe they find one of my videos and they don't quite know much about raw dating advice. They're like, who's this fucking guy big with a big nose giving this advice? And so they don't really pay too much attention and they drop off the video. And so I'll see like the average watch time. How What's the average that every person watches out of a... 50 minute video, for example. And I know that there's definitely guys who stick all the way to the end. Uh, guys even tell me about this, but then there's some, some of those casual viewers who maybe don't really know much about raw dating advice yet. And then they click off early. So it brings down the average watch time. And so if you're listening right now, you're definitely probably one of those real fans, which shout out to you. So let's give you some cool announcements for upcoming things in raw dating advice. Chris, uh, Chris works with me in raw dating advice. He's my marketing manager. So Chris, do you have any announcements that you want, uh, feel are relevant right now? You want to say, uh, I mean, I feel like the, just the biggest one right now is just be sure and letting the, your audience know that, you know, they could start listening this to this show while they work out in the car, wherever they want. Cause we are officially streaming on all platforms, Spotify, Apple music or Apple podcast, wherever you need. Yeah. About dating devices there. And we also, because this is now a longer form format, um, we, I'm, I'm very surprised by some of the comments we've already received, uh, from, from you guys, because I, I realize now we're also bringing in two different kind of aspects of our audience the guys who really love raw dating advice especially some of the guys who maybe found us by because they got my book but didn't necessarily find me through youtube um some guys really like sitting down and listening to the long form stuff but because uh, uh of kind of just the way we have our studio set up we now have the capability to be posting 
every single day. Um, so you're getting quick hits of raw dating advice, but you're also getting the long form co- podcast too. So if you're on YouTube, you get the advantage of being able to see those uh, shorter form quick hit videos, uh, especially the clips from these podcasts too, uh, kind of like the highlights. But also if you're at the gym, if you're fucking traveling, you know, download us on Apple or Spotify and you'll be able to still consume us. Um, I personally like to, I like podcasts and here's why I, I kind of feel really good about the direction we're going with this because um i'll be honest i was when i started this channel the type of content i would consume on youtube that i enjoyed watching was a lot of those 15 10 15 minute q a style videos a lot of like what i've been doing for a very long time on, on raw dating advice on this youtube channel but what i what i realized recently that um i i feel probably more pulled towards doing longer form podcasts because i'm simply consuming more podcasts on my own you know in my free time a podcast i enjoy and so uh obviously it, it it resonates deeper to the soul. This is the next layer of my onion, especially for raw dating advice evolving to the next level, especially as we do, uh, you know, become in my eyes and as we are striving every day to be the number one dating brand in the fucking world right now. The last time I checked, which honestly I haven't counted for a couple of years, uh, so the number's probably higher, but we were we had men who had bought my book and we had shipped books to 83 different countries around the world. How crazy is that? And just imagine how many more countries are consuming this stuff on um, YouTube and now Spotify and Apple, you know? Um, So if you are one of the guys who has my book, uh, you already know how amazing it is. So what I would recommend is we're actually coming out with, uh, we're relaunching my, my basically coaching program where every fucking month I'm working with you in and out to build up your game from the ground up. This is specifically for the guys who maybe are just starting out, maybe are hitting a lot of plateaus in your dating life, but especially for the guys who really want to fill in all the gaps in their game. Uh, Originally, uh, so it's been called Legendary Game, and the guys who have been in that have been getting so much amazing results from that. So we're about to relaunch Legendary Game here soon for all you guys who are super fucking pumped about potentially joining. And if you haven't and you have fit into any of the categories I just talked about, be on the lookout for that, uh, especially as we start incorporating these YouTube videos uh, into kind of when we release programs, we're going to let you guys in on this too, because up to now it's only been the email list. So that's something to look forward to. Make sure you're staying active, staying subscribed for that kind of stuff. And I think that's coming here in the next couple of weeks. Any, anything else you want to know? Oh, the boot camp. We have a boot camp coming up this summer. So 2020, because of obvious reasons, COVID, we couldn't do a boot camp because it's a live event. But if you saw the documentary, um, you already know kind of the magic that goes down at the boot camp, right? And so our next one is actually coming up this summer. We're hoping, well, we already have confirmation that uh, the hotel will be able to accommodate um, that event that we do, the boot camp. But uh, we've been postponing, especially just more so for the guys who maybe are a little bit uncomfortable traveling, uh, due to COVID, regardless of if the hotel is willing to accommodate the event. So moral of the story is the boot camp for a summer is already half full because guys had already paid for a boot camp in 2020 to come. So our next one is going to be this summer in June right now. Um, so if you're interested, definitely stay tuned or even hit us up if you're interested, uh, because 
here in, in the next month or two, we're also going to start uh, working to fill up the second half of the remaining spots for that. Uh, and I, I anticipate that society and things will be starting to open up and go back to normal and where traveling will become more and more socially acceptable. Uh, so look forward to that. A lot to look forward to in the coming months. And yeah, I think that's it. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. Peace out.